Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 77 of Red Wings Rant. We are here to talk 2020 draft preview for the Detroit Red Wings. We're going to be talking, obviously, the prospects that are on the board and who the Red Wings are most likely to take. We're going to be talking what could happen at the 2-3 two, two and three spot that could uh, benefit your Detroit Red Wings. Is it possible the Red Wings might have a shot at Quentin Byfield or Tim Schlutzel? Uh, stick around because we also have some conversations in regards to uh, drafting by the numbers. What happens uh, to all these players once they get drafted? What is the likelihood that they stick around? Uh, if they are a top 10 player, do they stay a top 10 player? Uh, what is the likelihood that one of these guys drafted possibly at number four this year is going to become a Hart Trophy winner? We get into those numbers and a whole lot more, including some free agency talk. Is Mark Andre Fleury actually a reasonable expectation for the Detroit Red Wings? Uh, we get into that as well. So sit back, relax. We have a quick ad coming up uh, for the Hockey Podcast Network and one of our other brother shows. And then we will get right back into Red Wings talk. So stick around. Do you want a true champion's perspective? Well, come on over to the Bulls broadcast where we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, have some friendly banter, and of course, hockey name of the day. If you pronounce it, you can get it. Anthony Nunschwander. Ah, you didn't pronounce it right. Anthony? Anthony Nunschwander. It's it's N-E-U-E-N. It's Neuenschwander. Anthony Neuenschwander. Dude, I always slept in German class, so I don't know know how you expected me to put that together. Come on. You only took it for four years. I took it for two. Took it for two years? Oh no, Jay don't yeah. took it that long. I, I took it for two years and was like asleep in all of German too. Oh, you you, you only took it in, in uh, junior high. You didn't take yeah. it in high school at all. No. Yeah, she sent us across the hallway, and it was like me and I don't know five other people, and all we did was just goof off because it was an empty room of just us while she was too busy yelling at you guys because you guys were a terrible class. <laughs> No, we were in terrible class. A couple people were terrible people. I'm uh, not going to mention names. I'm not going to call it anybody in this pod. It was Chase Crawshaw. It was 100% <laughs> not me. Oh, boy. I know a couple of those names, but uh, yeah, it's a good point, Chase. We won't mention those here. New episodes every Monday, only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome to Red Wings Rant. Uh, what is this? Episode 77. This is our uh, Red Wings draft preview. I don't like that background. Let me change that background. Matt's, Matt's doing a piss poor job. There we are. There you go. Live from Little Caesars Arena. <laughs> uh, everybody, we got to run fast today. Uh, we are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. We are uh, that you can find at Hockey Podnet. We are the brothers of discussion that you can find us talking obviously Detroit Red Wings hockey and uh, pro wrestling at bodpodcast.com and brothersofdiscussion.com you can find our twitter handle at bodpodcast or this very one at bodhockey uh, you can find us on youtube as the brothers of discussion find us on instagram with a joint account covering both pro wrestling and hockey at brothers underscore of underscore discussion all right all that stuff off the top of my head uh let's mike you ready to go because we we got to Mike's got his house. Mike's got shit to do. Mike's got to get shit done today. Done. Yeah, Yeah, Um, my little Caesar's Arena is coming together. And uh, I could put on a haircut. And I look like, uh, I don't know, I look like a third period interview. Yeah, they were skating hard on uh, really hard shifts out there. We were a lot of four checks. So I don't know what we're going to do on this overtime period, but hopefully, get get our boys together. We'll rally up. We'll get some goals going. So, all right, thanks for having me. All right, here we go. See that? It's those. It's those post games where I learned that the backward hat is still okay, like pop culture wise. Like I could still, I can just be like, oh, maybe I'm Canadian. That's why I, I still wear yeah, backwards hat. I look like a rookie, you know. Yeah, I don't know what happened to my backwards hat. Nobody prepared me for these post game interviews. So hopefully we can get going here. All right. All right. So as we as we roll along, uh, another apology. I actually uh, did say online that we we're. We wanted to try and do a, a cider, Michigan cider taste testing. Uh, number one, dumb, dumb fucking idea on the week of uh, the NHL draft. Number two, everybody, Matt, Matt's actually quarantining right now. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, 
That's always fun. Uh, just like, hey, just like that uh, orange-haired guy. Yeah, how about that? Um, hey, hey you did. know what? I'm going to stop making fun of people with orange hair because I have well water, and apparently my hair is going to slowly turn orange over the years. <laughs> so uh, I should, I actually, let me clarify. Yeah, I, I know Trump Tower is sitting on a well, but uh, <laughs> that's my future, I think. Um, I'm going to clarify. I there there is a possibility um we're waiting for tests there we were not tested uh positive i'm just saying we are taking the proper precautions unlike our president and staying home not seeing anybody that's the better way to do it ladies and gentlemen <laughs> if you have an inkling stay home all right uh let's jump in uh, i saw that we had some homies checking in so if you guys want to comment uh we are ready to go but uh, like i said we won't take too many stops uh to discuss too many things going on because we got to keep rolling. So, <laughs> we got a lot. Yeah, Mike, 2020 NHL Draft Preview. I think everybody and their mother knows how the top three is going to go. Some sort of, um, uh, we're we're going to go Alexi Lafreniere, Quentin Byfield, and Tim Stutzler. Um, <laughs> you know what, Greg Wyshynski of of uh, and, and this, you know, this isn't necessarily <laughs> a, a linguist, a German linguist, but uh, he also said Tim Stutzel. I'm not saying he's right but I'm at least going to pat myself. No, I'm going to make myself feel better and say the like lead writer for ESPN <laughs> got it wrong too. So, all right. Uh-huh. But we're now we're smarter. Thanks to Jesse. Uh, so we're smarter than Greg Wyshynski. So if you guys are choosing you know between listening to Wyshynski and us, we say yeah. Stutzla. He says Stutzla. I will say that this is akin to, um, the Mike Birbiglia bit where he learned how to say pasta fajol when he goes to Olive Garden. So really excited to see if pasta fajol is available for drafting uh, for the Red Wings at number four. Uh, but I just wanted to that's point where out one that joke off. That's yeah. Can't repeat that joke anymore. <laughs> nope. That's where we stop. Uh, just one quick thing at the top of the draft. I don't know why anyone would not draft Lafreniere. Uh, but Dan Rosen thinks he does. Um, apparently the Rangers are mum on number one. Like, what? No, get, get the front door out of here, man. <laughs> what an almost irresponsible article, Dan Rosen. I want to get him on this on this podcast to defend this article. Um, it, uh, but, clickbait fun. Ugh, it's on NHL.com. Come on. Yeah. You could give us the truth there, I thought. I don't know. But Hey, you know what? They they just dropped uh, Henrik Lundqvist. Obviously, they're looking to pick up another goalie prospect in Askarovs. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw the only thing that, you know, was kind of, um, you know, muddying the waters a little bit at the top of the draft um, is that there's a modicum that you jumped into your bag of tricks for this word. A modicum of hope that the Kings or Senators in a panicky move thinking the Red Wings are going to try and build this juggernaut defense are going to butcher uh, their draft pick here and take J.B. Drysdale at two or three. Matt, defend this Dan Rosen-esque point. Hey, Or else I'm telling you Dan Rosen the rest of the show. That is an insult, my friend. All right. Um, (laughs) this This is where this is coming from. Now, uh, I, I spoke with the King's Den podcast. Uh, this was way back in like November or December. And he was the guy that brought to my attention um, that the Kings actually have a pretty good listing of forward prospects. Mm. So do they want to start adding to the defensive side? That That's that's where that comes from. I'm saying like there there's probably like legit conversations you could have that the Kings are like, all right, we, t- we do have quite a few forward prospects. Let's check this out. And, and of course, uh, it, why am I saying this? Because I'm I'm hoping that, you know, this draft, the, the most interesting thing to happen in this draft is, is if this top three does not include uh, Stutzla, Byfield, or Lafreniere, because then we'd get to take one of those guys. Right. But uh, now the Senators, you're kind of gamifying everything that's going on, right? So you, you would look at the Senators and do they want to walk away um, I, I'm sure they're fine walking away with two forwards. And I, I did see the Sens Hour podcast uh, popped in there. So I'm wondering their take, if, if they're still listening, um, you know, is there any fear uh, that the Red Wings are going to take Drysdale at four? And would that actually make you take them at uh, three? So that's where that plays in. Like um, if they did want to walk away with a forward and defenseman out of this draft, uh, that would be the motiva- motivating factor for any of this 
being a little bit more exciting on draft day than us just going, all right, well, you know, those same <laughs> eight guys that we've been talking about. Yeah. It's still just those same eight guys. Um, <laughs> so that, I think that's where there's a chance. And I learned how to spell modicum, which is oh. why I threw it into our, our show notes. Uh, I'd always heard it. And I decided to throw it into one of our wrestling blogs a couple of weeks ago. So then I was like, Hey, um, it still works here, but I really yeah, liked, uh, yeah, I like the title of that, that article. It was modicums, a study. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, that this is uh, this a is a porn joke there. Yeah, this is a uh, this is sheer madness. Uh, there's no reason for Ottawa to like right. not, to 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 trap the defenseman at three. Like there's there's you know the cream rises to the top. So there's three macho man little, you know, personalized creamers um, and Quentin Stutzela and um, what's his name? Uh, the consensus number one player that the Rangers are kind of wishy-washy on. Alexi Lafreniere. Oh, is that him? <laughs> I don't know. Right. Askarov's looking pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. I feel like that, that was how, that's how Rosen's article should have started. Like if they forget that he's there, there's a chance they might not draft him. Like that's the only thing. <laughs> like, if, they, if they write down the wrong name there's a chance the rangers don't draft them oh well come on what are we doing here come on boys wake up uh it's yeah it's man but yeah um, here i am playing that same game and saying maybe if we gamify this and ottawa's like we have to get out of here with a defenseman and a forward um, the only thing is, too, with Jake Sanderson, I think if they absolutely needed to walk out with a forward and defenseman, um, and after a, quite a few lengthy conversations online, I have come around on Jake Sanderson to the point if Ooh. that was who Steve Eiserman wanted, I would hope that he traded back. Because I don't think, I, I think, you know, again, gamifying everything, he's not going to be taken in that top four, so you can drop back a little bit. Um, but again... Uh, does Ottawa need to draft Drysdale at three so that we don't get them? Well, there's still a good option, I guess, is what I'm saying with, with Jake Sanderson. So the likelihood of this happening, very, very small. But here we go, Mike. Uh, I guess uh, the draft the draft by the numbers, right? Uh, so it, it a lot of these numbers were taken from uh, Corey Prodman, and then a couple of numbers were taken from elite prospects. Um, so let's run through. Uh, we'll start with Corey Pronman's rankings uh, with, with these four words uh, that we're talking about. And of course uh, I threw in there, Jamie Drysdale. And then uh, at the end, we'll have a couple of goalies I want to talk about. Oh uh, boy. Here. here we go. Whew. All right. Let's get ready. All right. Now Quentin Byfield, um, again, the reason he's on this list is because of what, what I just brought up. Is there a chance that the LA Kings might possibly take a defenseman and is it possible that Ottawa wants to make sure that they get a Jamie Drysdale and that we don't, uh, in which case they take him at three. So that would leave possibly Quentin Byfield or Tim Stutzla. Uh, Quentin Byfield's got um, six foot four, 215 pounds. I mean, that that right there you can't teach. Uh, he's got, uh, from from the prawn man, a skating ranking of, of 55. I mean, he's, you're kind of looking at that anguage, uh, average from prawn man as being the 50. So just sort of above average skating skill. Uh, puck skills at 65, physical game 65, hockey sense 60, shot grade 60. Uh, Mike, what what's this out of? Well, <clears throat> I think I think he great like what what the important thing is is to measure these guys uh, like compare them against each other. So like we're gonna see like puck skills is going to top out with Lucas Raymond at 70. And I think that's the highest score that Pradman gave out between all these prospects. So that that's important to point out is that 70 is the highest score that Pradman gave out. Right. Is that fair to, to kind of list it at that point? Um, yeah. So then, uh, yeah, to keep, to keep rolling here. And again, very low chance that we're even considering byfielder Stutzla, but Stutzla six foot one, which is still, you know what, for forward and, and with the other forwards we're about to talk about, this guy's practically a giant, uh, 187 pounds, uh, skating 65, puck skills 60, physical game 50, which you're going to pretty much find with everybody besides Byfield, and uh, hockey sense 60. Um, I think that that number is pretty important to, 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 to stick with, too, uh, as we roll around here. Uh, but 
let's just keep going because Mike, this is our boy here. This is who I want is Lucas Raymond. Uh, Mr. 70 himself. Five, five foot 10, 170 pounds. Uh, the skating's 55, puck skill 70. Physical game is a 35. So, I mean, it, that comes along again with size. So as he gets older and he starts to bulk up, um, and, and again, these these are ratings that Pronman gave um, Lucas Raymond before he got his shot in uh, in the S, uh, the SHL recently, where we did see a more physical Lucas Raymond. We did see a guy that looked like, hey, he looks like he got six months older. Um, <laughs> and, and on top of that, uh, scored uh, some pretty nasty goals. So that's where that puck skills comes into play. And the hockey sense is at 65. Now, this is why this is so important for me is because next is Cole Perfetti. And the number one thing for Cole Perfetti is this hockey IQ, hockey sense. And from Pronman, who I trust, graded Cole Perfetti the same as Lucas Raymond. Skating is is a weakness of Cole Perfetti. And Mike, if there's one thing all hockey players do, it's lace skate. up skates. Yeah. Exactly. So this this is my thing. I I I've heard too many times uh, of that skating being an issue and it was something that when we were talking about drafting Rasmussen, I remember pissing my pants in anger going his number one issue is skating? What? So I know Cole Perfetti, <laughs> he his uh, the issue isn't the same as what Rasmussen was. I remember the the um the consensus was it looks like, you know, he's he's being measured for cement blocks. So Perfetti doesn't have that issue. <laughs> but I mean, uh, from my perspective, and again, Cole Perfetti's not a bad draft pick, but I, I think I'm just defending why I've been saying Lucas Raymond this whole time. I, I, I did uh, create my little hashtag where I've said, really, at this point, I don't I don't mind who we draft. I, I think we'll be fine either way. But I, I do I do at least want to move in this direction of, of, of a guy who's got uh, if, if you can match the hockey IQ and the hockey sense, I want to get a guy who's going to help this power play. I mean, maybe he doesn't even get a shot on uh, the first NHL season, but I mean, you've got that. And I've said it a million times. Now you've got a right-handed stick to plug in on the power play. Um, and from accounts that are not mine that we're reading online, Cole Perfetti's not the next you know, the, the game changer to, to put you over, over the top franchise wise. And I think we already have a ton of those guys where I have seen, you know, at, at times Lucas Raymond was ranked as the number two guy uh, coming out of this draft. I, and I don't, again, I can't stress enough how much I don't hate Cole Perfetti. And when he gets drafted, which I think is a, there's a very great possibility that Perfetti's getting drafted. I'm not going to be angry. I just prefer Lucas Raymond. I I, I don't think, right? I I, I think uh, I'll check with the lawyers. I think I said that right, right? I I won't be, my official stance is I won't be angry. Um, But here's, here's uh, just to keep rolling down here. You've got Jamie Drysdale, Marco Rossi. Uh, Drysdale is ranking out high on skating, uh, low on the physical game. Again, another high hockey sense. Marco Rossi, um, kind of mid-range on the skating. Uh, but then it's the puck skills and the hockey sense that are going get, to get him drafted. So let's move on to the goaltenders. I, I see that we're, we're moving up in time. No, I, was, like, I was just going to throw in that. Uh, with... <sighs> All right. We know there's the three macho main, you know, cream rises to the top. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Stutzler, uh, Quentin, and Lafreniere. Um, I just, I, the one thing I wish the Red Wings would do a little bit more of, and I, I don't feel like they've they've acted in this manner maybe since, um you know, they were New York yanking um, their way through free agency and trade acquisitions, or they're just kind of put feelers out there and be like, yeah, we're, uh, we're really to be competitive. And so people would be like, cool, I'm going to put my, um, you know, sports agents would be like, yeah, I'm going to put my top guy out there, sell him to Detroit and they'll give him, you know, 60 million because they don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> so kind of in the same sense, I kind of wish the Red Wings would kind of, you know, we have we have some strengths we're building on this team. We have some young defensemen, but you know maybe we could really build like an elite force down there, just to really make Ottawa go. Oh, oh, what do we do? Maybe we should take a defenseman to three. You know, we got to protect this asset from the Red Wings. Don't let them have one. You know, mega unit <laughs> on the team. Uh, let's draft defensively, oh, just to make okay. people kind of second guess. But it just it just feels like I don't know if it's that. Um, I love your hair right now. 
Yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, uh, God, what is their name? Um, like we kind of take it like the Winklevosses. Um, in oh yeah, network. We are men of Harvard. We're men of Harvard. All right, we don't do that. We don't put feelers out there and intimidate the other teams. We are men of Harvard. It's like no man, just just kind of mess with people a little bit. Like I, I don't know. Maybe we'll take Askarov. I don't know. Maybe we'll trade Larkin and get you know pick number six and just take a defenseman. And people are like what? What are you talking about? Just okay. Maybe not that mad. Not that right. mad king kind of thing. But um, at least get Ottawa thinking because they're so dang conservative and professional. Um, it just feels like the Red Wings are going to pick the most responsible pick. So if you're in the draft room for the other teams, they're going to be like, well, let's pencil the Red Wings in for something, you know. A guy who's probably got uh, across the board 55, 55, 55, 55. You know, just the guy who's right there. I can do it all. You know, whatever you need. Um, you know, are they going to reach for the puck skills of a Lucas Raven? Uh, you know, we like him. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, are they going to take the best defenseman on the board? I don't know. It's so dang just everything's cloak and dagger. We got to keep, don't let Pandora out of the box. And I, I just, I wish they would just let it out just to screw with the other teams. Well, that, that brings up, like, so there were, like, two great things that came out of the Iserman press conference. Actually, there were three. Uh, number one was Brad Galley asking if Iserman knew that the Iser plan was a thing. And, like, you could see on his face, he's like, fuck yeah, I know we call it the Iser plan. Uh, <laughs> so that's number three. Here's my top three. Uh, <laughs> number, uh, oh, shoot. You know what? I got so excited that I forgot what my number two was. Uh, number one. Uh, was Max Boltman asking, you know, do you guys have pegged? Like, what what fits the Iser plan? And then can you share it with us? And then Iserman goes, yes. And then Max goes, and can you give us any detail? I just, no. no. I'm not telling you that. Uh, like, so the, the reason I bring that up is the only insight we have into what's going on in Iserman's mind is that now we know, based on what he he's drafted uh, last year, that... Uh, like he's that's that's the Iserman guy right uh so we saw a couple of huge guys get drafted in Soderblom and uh, obviously Moritz Sider who's uh, I think I've said before <laughs> the best thing about Moritz Sider is that all he needs to do is be friends with the word uh momentum and he's gonna be successful in the NHL so uh with that being said is that our insight that we get and you know with Iserman again saying there is an Iserman guy. He didn't tell us who that is, but we can draw some conclusions. Um, I think that's where they don't hesitate for a second when Tim Stutzla, if, if he was available, like that's, that's where that fits. But then we're looking at all these little tiny guys and you start to go, oh shit, are we about to take Jake Sanderson at number four? Because <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, Lucky Luke, uh, Cole, uh, Jamie Drysdale, Marco Rossi, I mean, all under six foot, um, light guys. Yeah, there's, a of, that, there's a lot of NXT cruiserweight champions. Um, exactly. After um, <laughs> this is when we run the brothers of discussion video. Let's, uh, let's cut to that. Um, yeah, no, well, I know that Iserman, he doesn't want to do what I want him to do, just stir the pot and really confuse everybody. Like he'd rather just be the smartest guy in the room who just like drops a mic on, you know, some six foot nine guy from, you know, the Congo who we've never heard of before. Yeah. What are you doing, Steve? That guy's never played hockey before. I don't know. And then just queue up the Kermit the Frogs drinking teas, and then the rest of us are just, you know, throwing papers all over the place. I've never seen this guy on a draft board before. So I don't know. I, I guess if that's your thing, I mean, uh, he got us with Mo Cider, right? That's a track record right there. Yeah, that, that's the thing, too. Like, uh, is there going to be that Mo Cider that gets drafted, you know, maybe even before us? Before. If it's not us. Uh, <laughs> so let, let me let me do this. I don't want to ask her off in any way, shape or form. Right. But there's a guy I, 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 that should be available in the second round. Uh, Joe Blumquist. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to run through. Let, let's let's kind of compare here. Uh Blumquist positioning, according to elite prospects, a 13 positioning for Askarov, a 14. Blocker for Askarov is a 14. Blocker for Blumquist, a 12. Uh, recovery is 13-13. They're tied. A, uh, let's see, low shots is 13-12 for Askarov. Uh, rebound control is actually in favor of Blumquist, which you could argue 
the Red Wings are going to they're going to need until this defense gets solidified, which is 13 to 12. Uh, Glove is 12 to 11 Blumquist and aggression is going to go the side of Askarov eight to seven. So if we're talking about like comparing these numbers, no, Askarov is a man. He's playing in the KHL and he's still kicking everybody's ass. So he's ready to go. Blumquist numbers, not necessarily in the same situation here, but I will say, and I've been uh, preaching this one for a while. And this is how I draft my teams in NHL, you know, whatever, 20, NHL 21. Yeah. Take a couple goaltenders in the, you know, somewhere between the second and the fifth round. And, uh, Mike, it, it, it works perfect in the NHL game. You, you just keep them down in, in Grand Rapids for five or six years, and eventually they're a 90 overall. And you can, you know, trash whoever you've been paying 10 mil a year because now you got a rookie that can come up for two seasons. And then you get rid of him. Cause you got another couple of rookies coming up next year. So that's uh easy, easy peasy lemon squeezy. So that's, that's where I'm hoping we have three second round picks. We have probably on the bottom of the, li- we're, we're pretty close to the bottom of the league in regards to goalie prospects. So I don't want to ask Graf. I think Blumquist compares uh, quite a bit uh, on what you'll see around, you know, w- with professionals who are actually scouting these guys and watching them live they're watching multiple games online uh we just consume all of that uh, content and we <laughs> regurgitate it back and what we're saying from the red wings point of view is that it, it's probably in our, our favor here to uh, to make sure that blumquist is on that list of three second rounders that we have we have a lot of holes let's plug them up all right uh mike if there's one thing about holes and plugging that uh is wait where am i going with this all right forget forget plugging holes make sure they're shaved in that area there we go (laughs) (laughs) can't forget about it you know what's easier to plug a hole mike when there's nothing in the way so what you've got to do is get yourself the lawnmower 3.0 uh So third third generation uh trimmer coming from uh, manscaped and manscaped.com uh, Mike, we, we've been talking about it for literally months now. Uh, we've had all of our great stories about uh, making sure you, you avoid that tickle uh, around your pickle and uh, get all those hairs shaved down. And, uh, you know, honestly, I wouldn't have my patio that, that is 10 feet away from me right now outside of my office if I, if I wasn't clean shaven down there and avoiding the sweat all summer while I was putting it together. Uh, I am finding out that the fall might have been a better time to do that because, man, is it chilly right now. But anyway, <clears throat> make, sure, make sure you avoid the tickle around your pickle. Get that, uh, get that lawnmower 3.0 because it's a, it's a clean shave. You can really – I mean, Mike, you could baton that thing down there. It is so safe for you, uh, <laughs> avoiding all those nicks and cuts. Uh, I, I say spin that thing around uh, like a baton. Get that <laughs> – have fun with it, right? Um, but also, uh, let, let, we got to throw out some of the, the features here. You've got the USB charger that you can uh, prop up in, in the old bathroom, show off to everybody that you are shaving, that you are good to go uh, for anybody that's coming over. Uh, any of your partners out there need to know, like, is this guy taking care of his stuff? You are. You've got that beautiful charger set up. You got the USB, uh, or I'm sorry, you've got the LED light that's going to light where the sun don't shine. There's a reason that we throw that out there, right? Um, I, I think that thing is, is that light is what takes this over the top. But if you want to make uh, your little section, you want to take that over the top, get that lawnmower 3.0, use promo code THPN, get 20% off and free shipping. It's uh, promo code THPN, get 20% off and free shipping on uh, the lawnmower 3.0. And again, that's in reference to the Hockey Podcast Network. One more time, manscaped.com. Use promo code THPN and you get 20% off and free shipping all right we're back Woo, boom um okay so just to recap real quick on this nhl draft uh oh we have to do our draft by the numbers i'm sorry let's let's run through this uh because i stayed up till 1 a.m doing crunchy yeah. yeah i mean it's not it wasn't that hard it's just you got to collect all the numbers which sucks so <clears throat> mike in the last 13 uh, and, and let me set this up because i only have two more minutes before we're, we're at a half hour <laughs> Uh, the reason I put these together is to make you feel better about our draft spot 
and how many picks we have this year, next year that are in the first round and beyond. Like basically the game that Iserman is playing is, is sort of the same game that we saw in the draft lottery where he just said, you know what? We're not winning this draft lottery. The The odds are against us. We're fucked. <clears throat> but the other game that Iserman's playing is you just got to collect draft picks. Uh, part of the reason why you're not going to see a draft pick being moved for, for Tory Krug, I think. Um, but let's jump in, Mike. Uh, the NHL draft by the numbers. Uh, let, let's throw this one out there first. 73 out of 130 players. So I went back uh, the last uh, 13 drafts. So these are the top 10 guys out of those last 13 drafts. Only 73 players lived up to their top 10 status. So what I'm saying there is that you've got your top 10 guys. How many guys production-wise actually stayed in that top 10, you know, going up to this point? And I did not include 2019. Um, and that's why I went to 13 drafts because at first I did 10 and I was like, well, I mean, 2018 doesn't really count. Uh, so here, here we are going back 13 drafts. Uh, so 2018 is included in there and it actually pumps the numbers up quite a bit because those got those top 10 guys are going to get those chances, uh, more, you know, just based on their own status, uh, uh, and what the team needs to see and what the team needs to, to ice in regards to what Eiserman says, but right. Mike, we're, we're basically talking like close to 50%. Uh, it, it's a coin flip. So uh, what I'm saying is the Red Wings have a fourth pick. We could feel pretty good about a coin flip of whether or not Lucas Raymond, when it's all said and done, is still going to look like a top 10 player. It's probably not the best. Uh, if you're a first pick, it's very close to, you know, 99%. Um, but pick number four. Doesn't get a lot of heart trophies, but uh, it's a pretty good shot of of actually making it into the top 10 when all is said and done. So that means uh, we've got 44% became their draft's top 10 player uh, as a later than top 10 pick. So they could be later in the first round, but what we see are a lot of second round and laters actually make it into this number. So with all the second round picks we have and everything that's going on with Steve, um, we I mean, who says he's done collecting draft picks? Uh, definitely not for next year, but again, this is this is a huge number to not only become like usable or become an NHL player, but you are a top ten producer in your draft. Forty four percent came from the eleven pick or later. They jump into the top ten. Um, now there's a lot more players to choose from, but again, that's where this idea of just collecting draft picks comes from. Um, less than 50% of the top 20 players lived up to their top 20 status. So we're just under 50%. Uh, but that, I think that's, that's pretty huge too. Uh, and, and it's something that it's a number that's, that just, I mean, it makes sense. The deeper you go into the draft, the more these guys become coin flips or whatever. Uh, so that, that's, that one, I don't know if it really does reflect the Red Wings situation, but uh, it's another number to chew on. Uh, but this, this is where it gets kind of, um, it gets better for us in regards to our fourth pick, but, uh, there's more chances as we move along, but, uh, 51% of all trophy winners going back 20 years are second round or later draft picks. So I, I, we do have in, uh, the Hart trophy, the Selkie, the Norris, uh, the Vesna is included in that. So that actually does push the numbers quite a bit because a lot of Vesna, Winners were late round draft picks uh, back in, uh, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, we have 86% of all Hart trophies went to first rounders. 47% of them go to first picks. That's, Mike, that's where the coin flip is, is <laughs> comes into play. If you get a first pick, you're, you're, you're almost, get a Hart trophy. <laughs> right, exactly, which is, is huge. Yeah. But yeah, it is, it is, uh, it is something that I, I think at least knowing that we have a, uh, again, the fourth pick here and 86% of those heart trophy winners come from that first round. Uh, you know, it does suck that you, you, you have a terrible season. You see a guy like Lafreniere coming in, you see these numbers that 47% of heart trophies in the last uh, 21 years have gone to first picks. He kind of went, ah, shit, this might've been a good first pick to have. So kind of like a downer on that one. But if we go to the next one here, 60% of Selkie winners were 60, uh, second round or later. And, of course, um, bumping those numbers up, uh, Mr. Datsuk, who's a sixth rounder, and uh, Patrice Bergeron. So uh, just over the last, you know, 
20 years, we know, we know those guys are bumping up those numbers quite a bit, but I think that, that, that definitely goes along the lines of there, there's, there isn't always this need to find uh, the Hart trophy winner uh, in, in this first round. I think, I think the way that Iserman's collecting these picks, uh, the way that these trophies break down and how many guys are winning trophies that have, they're nowhere near the first round. Definitely. It's like a sigh of relief. It's kind of, you know, this, this goes twofold. Like you can feel better that we have a fourth pick. You can feel better about how many second round picks we have. You can also tell yourself, I don't need to get worked up about any of this because apparently none of it matters. Um, (laughs) It's all just a coin flip. uh, You know, probably worse than that. I mean, we're talking like, well, I need, I need 10 heads to fall in a row here for me to have my heart trophy winner kind of thing. So, um, yeah, all, all that thrown together, I think I think we can all take a, a deep breath or a sigh of relief and just know, you know what, we can enjoy this. We can tell ourselves we trust Steve Eiserman coming up on Tuesday and just kind of, ah, all right, drafts, draft in and draft out. And then we can start to, you know, we start the waiting game, right? Three yeah. to five years on these I'll players. One uh, stat that you, you cropped up there, um, less than 50% of top 20 players lived up to their top 20 status. The one... The- one thing I was kind of looking at the board and seeing what Heiserman, what he prioritizes right now is just more lottery tickets. I just, I would not fall out of my chair if we made a trade with the devils um, who are sitting on multiple first rounders and they might want to say, you know, we want another star. Um, Do they want a guy right now? Yeah, they're they're they want somebody with a little bit more immediacy, and you know I think Steve might say some. You know I, I'm fine getting my, um, you know the second or third best defenseman, or you know the eighth or ninth or tenth best forward, and maybe the second best goalie, um, just to you know have even more opportunities instead of, you know, lacing everything together for, um, you know Drysdale or um, Lucas Raymond. <sighs> I wouldn't be surprised. It would, it, I don't think it would be a horrible strategy, but I think it would be a little less sexy to not have, you know, guys where we're looking at their scores and instead we're, you know, focusing more on development uh, for the next couple of years with those players and really yeah. on our coaching staff. So You actually bring up a great point. Like this was all the reason in the world for Iserman to go after another top 20 pick <laughs> like, to do his darndest because we see that it's a coin flip uh, on these players in the top 20. So if you have two guys in the top 20, you might have a guy that works out here now. And again, uh, you're talking about law of averages Two has to come into play because we've had so many things go against Detroit in the last few years, including all these draft lotteries. So I, and here I'm, I'm outside of science and I'm talking like, I, I don't really believe in like a, a higher being, but you know, is there one that can, is there a hockey God? That's like, you know what? They've been fucked. They've got two first rounders. Let's one of them will work out. That's fine. I mean, like what a kick in the nuts. If this was the year we had two first rounders. <sighs> and they still both didn't work out. All right. Uh, Mike, I don't know if you still, you, you have to run. Um, so I, I just want to throw out, we we realize the free agent market's coming up. So why don't we talk next week about what happened? Um, and then, uh, Mike, you you got to go fill your house up with stuff. So I can't keep you anymore. And I got to I gotta empty my rental house of stuff. So very exciting. <laughs> well, maybe maybe I'll wrap up here. Mike, you can, you can sign out and I'll, I'll throw in a couple of couple of ditties here. Mike, do you, you want to sign out and I'll uh, I'll wrap up here? Uh, yeah. Let's do that. I, uh, yeah, I got to do you. I got to do you solid, Mike. <laughs> have have a right. nice one. <laughs> See you guys, uh, Matt. Pitch uh, Mark Andre Fleury in red and white, <laughs> and uh, give me, uh, give me. Uh, I, I guarantee somebody out of that Atlantic Division is going to be playing here next next season. It's going to be a Lightning. It's going to be a. It's going to be a Boston Bruin. It's going to happen, Matt. Don't let me down. All right. I won't. See you later, buddy. See you. All right, so it's just me now. Uh, so uh, what's funny is my microphone, the first time I used this, we're using StreamYard here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My microphone blew the fuck out. So if you're stuck with me right now and the microphone's still blown out, I tested it. It sounded fine. And I did that the last time I used StreamYard. It sounded fine in the tests. And then when I listened to it later, it was just that, you know, that little kid who got his first microphone for his Xbox and all you hear is a... <laughs> 
So if you're hearing that right now, I can't apologize enough. Um, I see that there's one eyeball watching. So hopefully, uh, yeah, if you're, if you're listening right now and, and it sounds okay, thumbs up. Ah, make me feel so good. All right. So talking this free agent market, I, I kind of went a different route than everybody else seems to be going. Like uh, everybody wants to have the Tory crew conversation. <sighs> I've been pretty adamant that this, this is a long game to play for, for Detroit, uh, for in regards to becoming a playoff contender. So God, in the last week, I just can't believe, and I couldn't be more happy that it didn't happen, that uh, it came up in the news that Steve Eiserman would be trading a draft pick to have the right to sign Tory Krug. But no, it makes no sense. The guy only talks about building, like grabbing assets and giving away an asset to sign a guy. Ah, oh, to me, it made no sense. And, and part of that is because, uh, you know, I am a subscriber to the Iser plan. Uh, I do believe in it wholeheartedly. So when, when I see that he keeps saying we have to do this through the draft, um, I can't I can't put a finger on why Tory Krug trading for Tory Krug's rights made any sense. Um, but again, it, it was what? Uh, maybe a week ago, they said in the next day, Tory Krug's going to be moving. Um, didn't happen. So we're good there. Uh, and I, I think this is something too, where there, there's no reason to like force this Tory Krug thing. Uh, it, it, for, for all, for all intents and purposes, again, we, we are in for the long haul and we don't need to take shortcuts. Uh, I, I said, uh, in a thread with the hockey podcast network, all of us hosts like to chit chat, my, my biggest fear is that we become the Minnesota wild and signing or uh, maybe like forcing this decision to pick up a Tory Krug. Like that's not going to catapult us to leading the Atlantic division or, or going into the Eastern conference finals. No, not even close. So what, what does, and, and again, if you're listening and you want to throw out a comment out there, like what do we benefit from by, you know, giving up an asset to sign him. I think that's, that's the easy argument. I don't even need to ask you, you guys that I think you see what's going on there, but why, why do we need to pick up a Tory Krug right now? Um, what, what problem does that solve for us? Cause it doesn't put us, I, I, I think Tory Krug's a very fine player, but I do not think it puts us in that realm of, of now we're playoff contenders. There's a lot of steps to take. And, and what I'd prefer again is that we just continue to build through the draft. And that being said, I mean, you know, you keep seeing build through the draft. Each guy we get that, that goes deeper in the draft, you know, the second, third, fourth, fifth rounders, it's almost an increase of how long it takes to develop those guys. So if if we're talking the long haul there, Eisman's had one year. Um, I'm not super hot on Holland's draft picks, um, including the first rounders turning us into game changers. But um, I, yeah, I, I think, I think what I want to see is if Eiserman's going to preach draft picks and building that way, I think what we need to do is just bite the bullet and know that this is this, this next season isn't going to be too much better. I think we could luck into something. I think if Mantha stayed healthy, we saw DeKaiser rolling in for a while. I think that could make us, a little bit happier. I think we could go home. We could go to bed a couple, a couple more times with a smile on our face. Um, but I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think if you're still getting these questions from Eiserman and in a year ago, it was three to five years. And then the, in the recent press conferences, he didn't really upgrade us. He didn't say, well, now it's two to four years. He's like, no, we're still three to five years. That's not necessarily a scary thing. That's a thing where a guy is just, you know, you got to give yourself wiggle room. Uh, but I, I think along with that, and I'm, I'm not mad at Steve for saying that, but I think we just need to be more realistic with everything going on here. Um, again, if you're, if you're checking in and you want to see the Red Wings pick up Tory Krug, throw, you know, throw that book at him, give him whatever he wants to bring him over. I I'm here for that conversation. I just, I, and I'm not about saving money either. It's not about that. Spend away. Go ahead. Spend all the money. I, I actually halfway through the season said, why don't you just pick up Braden Holpe? You'll get more butts in the seats. Um, you might have some stability at a position. Of course, that was at the time when Jonathan Bernie was like a sub 900 save percentage. But um, 
you know, I, I, I have no problem spending the money. I just, I don't think there's a free agent out there right now that you could really look at. And besides, uh, as Eisenman would put it, say icing a team, I, I don't know if there is a free agent out there that I absolutely have to have with this team. I, I think the Red Wings, uh, you know, the, we just got done talking the draft. So if you are checking in right now, just kind of wrapping up some free agent talk. And then really what we want to focus on is what actually happens next week. Uh, but yeah, from that free agent perspective, I, I just don't see too many guys I need to have. I, I see us signing more of like a Zach Bogosian. Um, and I, I think, I think that's, that's going to work out in, in a sense. Um, I, I know he's not necessarily an Iserman guy. And I think um, I don't want anybody to think that because he's coming from Tampa. But like that's kind of the level I see us like icing a team. It's it's a guy that can make the third pairing on a Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, will probably come in and uh, look pretty hot on a second pairing with uh, with Detroit. But that like that's kind of the level I see us at. I, if we sign Tory Krug, I'm not going to come on here and say, "Man, fuck Iserman." Apparently, it's a part of the Iser plan. At least from what I've seen so far, that doesn't fit necessarily what the Iser plan would be. So that's kind of where I'm at. Like, why why would we do this? It's it's not building through the draft. It's just taking a hot free agent. It's from Michigan. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, if you're paying him now, and we've seen through historical data and him being on the unrestricted free agent market, that means we will be overpaying for him, even in this year, even in this season where where the salary isn't moving. Most of those free agents you end up overpaying for, uh, based on the production you get and uh, what that dollar value is for that for that year, uh, and how much salary you have left. So again, I just want to keep us out of those situations as, as long as possible. I think I think there's a time like the uh, Colorado Avalanche have a ton of cap space i think they they should be buyers absolutely i think this is when they put themselves in those shitty positions uh that hurt them later on uh, because they're they're prime for that that cup run um you you lucked in to nathan mckinnon signing deals uh that are way underpaid him so yeah you got to take advantage of that but the red wings not, not in that situation yet um I, I I also liked uh, the um, I I don't want to throw Mike I'm not throwing Mike under the bus here I just wouldn't take him but uh, Pat Maroon on there uh, when it went in the cup as well I, I think I'd avoid that um, but yeah Mike Mike does have on here Braden Hopey again like this is our our I, I want to I don't want to say it's our joke addition or our joke free agent signing it was one of those where you sign him he's probably ready to end his career, you know, or, or think about signing that last contract. The one thing you get out of that is a name coming over here for marketability. I know a lot of people don't want to talk about marketability, but that's a guy you can put on your tickets. Jonathan Bernier did fine, but I think Braden Holtby is, I mean, that's, that's a, a league wide and Bernie is a league wide recognized name too, but I mean, Holtby, Holtby should be putting some butts in the seats at least. Um, and that that solidifies your goal. I mean, you're you're good on goaltending there. And again, we're not saying you do this to like fix the Red Wings. We're just saying you have salary cap. Bring some guy in that's going to put some butts in the seats. Tory Krug would do that too. I just don't want to, you know, like that. That's more like like I want to do the Tory Krug signing when we like oh we just missed just missed the playoffs. Not not when we had 17 wins. Um, would be fine when it happens. All right. So I'm talking in circles here. Uh, Mike, Mike wanted to talk Mark Andre Fleury. I don't know if I'm here for that conversation, um, but I have to do him a solid. Uh, I guess that's in the same vein. And if you're talking about marketability, like Mark Andre Fleury crosses way more boxes than Braden Holpe. I, I think like that. That's a guy that comes in is all over your marketing. Um, he's going to want to knock it out of the park for the city of Detroit. Like. We've, we've seen what he's done in Pittsburgh in Vegas. He was a superstar. If you go back to the shooting and, uh, and what happened in Vegas right before that season started, I think this guy would thrive to the nth degree in Detroit. I just, again, we're not sitting here saying we solve Red Wings problems uh, from a talent perspective by bringing in a Mark Andre Fleury, but you bring in a guy that'll help you sell some tickets. 
Am I hoping that we sell more tickets? I couldn't care less. Uh, but if there's a reason to bring them in, that's where that conversation starts. Not not talent wise, not changing the team. Uh, let, yeah, that that that's kind of where we're going with that. All right. Um, I've been jibber jabbering with myself here for Jesus, like 18 minutes. Oh my God. How do I do it? Um, all right, everybody. I didn't get any comments. I'm pretty sad. Cause I see we've had viewers popping in and out. Uh, I would have loved to hear from you guys. Um, maybe I'm getting tweets and I don't see it. Uh, maybe I should check my phone. Uh, nope, nope, nothing. All right. I'm giving away that, uh, Nobody wanted to. Nobody wanted to tweet at old Matt during his, his podcast. But um, hey, everybody that did check in, I appreciate it. Um, I hope uh, I hope you guys enjoy the draft. Uh, this is kind of fun. I think it's on a Tuesday night. I, I struggle to find things to do on Tuesday, so I'm pretty psyched about that. And um, man, I, I, we'll be doing a, uh, a a draft through the Hockey Podcast Network. So you guys want to keep an eye out uh, for that. That's at HockeyPodNet. Uh, but stick along with uh, Red Wings Rant Podcast at POD Hockey and uh, at Brothers underscore of underscore discussion on Instagram. And of course, we have BODpodcast.com and BrothersOfDiscussion.com where you can find both our pro wrestling coverage and everything that we talk about here on Red Wings Rant will be available there. Um, you know what? With the uh, statistics I talked about today, I'm going to put something together so you guys can follow along on BODpodcast.com if you want those numbers we talked about earlier. Uh, kind of fun to, to kind of pick through um, uh, in regards to what happens, where you get drafted, who becomes Hart Trophy winners and finalists, and uh, and who, who doesn't. All right, uh, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we will see you next week to talk who we drafted and uh, who we signed via free agency. Man, there's the burps, coffee burps. Good God almighty, uh, Sunday mornings. All right, everybody, thank you again. Have a good one.